0: See you.
1: everyone. Hi, hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Alice and Rosen is Your New Best Friend. This one is especially exciting for me and hopefully for you as well, because I have a guest in my studio. This is someone who I met, whom I met really, if you're going to be a stickler about that, during the pandemic. But as I realized today, when I gave her a big hug, and she hugged me back. It was a consensual hug. We had only seen each other from like the, the slightly below the chest up. It was one of those things where what if we only exist as little floating heads since we'd only ever seen each other on Zoom? But today we proved to each other that we have entire bodies. It's Carly Wiesel, theme park journalist, and one of my favorite people. Hello, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. It is, it is such a special event to go to someone's place. <laughs> I know. I know. Although I did feel a little bit anxious before you got here because um, my house is always messy, but it's especially messy we just got back from a trip our first first time traveling in the whole pandemic um we went to hawaii we had a great time we left uh for the airport at 5 30 a.m and i think when we came back we each had our own separate reckoning with i don't think the kids did but daniel and i had this like we we kind of rapidly remembered what had transpired on our way like to get out out of the house yes which was just i have an suv so to make room for all the luggage and so the suv had just amassed just mountains of crap as it, it had become like a extra storage of room of course it's
0: a spare room <laughs> yes. yeah
1: so we just tossed everything out of it to make room for our luggage so we i mean we just came home to it looked like a a a cyclone had hit the house. It was the absolute worst way to return home. Uh, so anyway, the house is just still in a state of disarray. And and you got to walk into that. So welcome.
0: I loved it because I realized I'm not used to seeing actual homes. Like everyone's house is lived in because all we've done is live in them mm-hmm. for the past two years. And then you go online and you look at Instagram and it's these weird celebrities who have nothing in their kitchen because it's minimalist. Yes, yes. So it's nice to know that like it's not just me who has a suitcase open as much as my husband begs me to clean it out, that is just still (laughs) sitting in the middle of the bedroom. Like, we're all doing the same thing, but you never see it.
1: Well, but I feel like you, your house is so... Did you hire an interior designer? Yeah, of course. <laughs> You've got like an architectural digest home.
0: It's just, it's the wallpaper. It really does the trick. Okay. I mean, we do, we, my husband and I, even myself, I don't know how to do anything. I don't know how to make things look nice. I don't know how to like hold a camera, like hold a phone so that you can take a photo and it looks like Instagrammy. No idea. No idea what I'm doing ever. And uh, I learned that you just hire experts. And that's how things get done. How, what was that experience like? By the way, this is
1: not what I intended to talk to you about. I have so many things I need to talk to you about. Because uh, right after this, we're going into your award-winning piece <laughs> on the Utah cookie with the immobile pink frosting, because you just won a humongous journalism award about that, which we've got to talk about. Yeah. But let's talk about, because I've never hired an interior designer, but I have hired web designers before. So I'm curious like how much the experience of hiring an interior designer is similar. What is that experience like? Do they recommend things where you're like that's just not quite it and then it makes you want to cry?
0: It was uh, I I don't want to say blissful, but it was really it really was because they my husband and I have very very different taste and they figured out a way to like fill our home with things that we both liked, which we've never been able to do ourselves. But there was one day before we started the whole process where I kind of panic cried Mm -hmm. because my office, as a theme park person, my office is just filled with stuff, filled with uh, theme park mementos, stuffed animals, stuff like that. And I was like, they're going to make me throw everything out. So this house looks nice. Like on what not to wear when...
1: Yes. When... Clinton and Stacy oh, drag a trash can into their closet. Heartbreaking.
0: I hate that. Yes, me too. And I'm like, they're going to want this place to look a certain way. They're not going to have my weird Tron-themed Mickey, <laughs> Minnie, and Goofy stuffed animals on display panicked. And then they were like, no, we're just going to build you a kick-ass shelving unit, and we're going to put all your stuff in there on display so you can look at it. And they, they sound so nice. It was wonderful. Something and so passionate. now when I'm sitting at my desk, I see all my tchotchkes. That's it's so nice.
1: Did they... At the beginning, did they sit down with you and did you tell them like what you're looking for?
0: I honestly don't remember, mm-hmm. but we very much gave them the keys. We're like, we like your taste. We like what you do. Do whatever you want. And then they gave us a presentation and <laughs> we said yes to everything, <laughs> which I assume doesn't usually happen. Right? We're like, we're dummies. We don't know how to decorate a space. And you showed us a beautiful space and like a printout. Sounds good. Go ahead. And it was wonderful.
1: And had you seen examples of their work and was it kind of similar to what they ended up doing for you?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, but we like we half redid a house. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked with a, we basically like redid a Spanish bungalow style house and we worked with a contractor who did a lot of stuff. And then the interior designers just like did a little more. Got and, like, it. Made it feel like a home instead of just like white walls surrounding us with nothing on them. Right. Okay, so that's how it looks like
1: you live in an architectural digest It is very home. kind of you. It does. <laughs> Everyone, go find Carly Wiesel, C-A-R-L-Y-E-W-I-S-E-L. There's a lot of emojis in her bio, and I like all of them. It's very whimsical. Thank
0: you. Um, it's a vibe.
1: <laughs> it's a mood
0: yeah. and a vibe. It's like because it's a serious job, but it's a fun world. Yes. Yeah. Uh
1: And then go and look at her stories. She has an adorable dog. And a beautiful home. Thank you. So despite what she's trying to tell you about there being an open suitcase
0: somewhere, <laughs> I'm not buying it. Well, I'm not posting photos of like the mess, just the the corner mess. Now I have like a stepladder in the closet that has become the chair of clothes oh. on top of the drawers that are the chairs. Like, it's just, yes. it is multifaceted. <laughs> but if you're seeing a photo <laughs> online, that means either I cleaned for seven hours or mm-hmm. there's mess on the other side. Right. Of the
1: room, yeah, I know. We're all curating. Yeah. I'm, But there's like a smaller and smaller Portion that I can curate because the mess is just creeping in from all sides for me personally you have children that's right I'm
0: I can blame them I I have four purses sitting at the front door and that's just me like I could easily put them away in the closet and I refuse to
1: you know what I don't understand about people who change their purses and maybe you can it sounds like you might be a purse changer let me see what I can do do you do you ever fully empty out a purse because that's what that's a bridge too far for me
0: I So the method I've been working with and like low-key failing at is that I dump all the stuff at the front door. So like the credit cards, the Mm. keys, anything that's in my bag, I take it out and then I put the bags back in the closet. Empty. Yes. But considering I have that front entryway is now just a pile of bags (laughs) (laughs) that are half empty, half full, it has not worked great.
1: Yeah. But I wonder, people who have a purse collection... How do they do that? They must really be minimal. They must have like like you see in a magazine where it's like – But do like, you
0: have one bag?
1: That I use, yeah. I mean, I have other purses in my closet, but I don't regularly rotate them. I pretty so much just, just have my wow. one purse that I use. But
0: doesn't it get so heavy because it's just all the stuff?
1: Well, I have a – so I have a diaper bag okay. with like kid stuff. Okay. Okay. And then I have my purse. And, the, and I guess the answer is actually no because then I also – I have my purse and then oftentimes there's a tote bag that comes with me.
0: Yeah, I think it all comes down to the fact that I have no upper body strength. Mm. So I don't have like, if I accumulate stuff in my bag, I physically can't move. Right. So, <laughs> yes, you have to be minimal. Yeah, I have to because I'm so weak. <laughs> you know,
1: I'm realizing, Carly, I didn't introduce you properly. What do you mean? Because I didn't say that you're the host of the Very Amusing podcast. Oh,
0: well, you got it in now. I said The cookies park, are more important. Yeah,
1: I said theme park journalist.
0: I'm that too. Yeah. You're you- doing great. <clears throat> Because normally
1: Tony's here, and normally we chit-chat at the top, But and Tony and uh, long-time listeners and even short-time listeners might know, Tony has offered to pay me $40,000 per episode that we do in person. That's how badly he wants to be in person, and it works out financially great for both of us. Don't ask questions. Just trust it. It's a a great deal for both of us, Um, but he has a cold today, so he couldn't be here.
0: We love abundance of caution. Yes, yeah. we
1: do. Even though, the, bo- I mean, from, from a bottom line perspective, it's not good for me. But I said, <laughs> yeah, don't come and get your germs all over all of us. It's not COVID. Just the cold. But anyway, so he's not here. So anyway, I uh, I was thrown off when I do my intro. But anyway, host of very amusing theme park journalist written for all the big publications. Oh, my God. <clears throat> and just won an asme for now. American Society of Magazine, what's the E? So uh,
0: I think magazine editors. Okay. Gotta tell you, didn't know much about the ASMEs because I was kind of like, cool for you, not for me. Never going to be something that I'm a part of. I'm a freelancer. I don't work on staff anywhere. Usually those are like big pieces done Mm in-house and like the whole team celebrates. But I was part of a package, which is I think there were maybe 12 stories. Um, it was this eater package called Filling Up, and it was about gas station and just road trip cuisine across the country. And a lot of really cool in-depth stories were part of it. I'm one of many writers who contributed to it, but I've never contributed to anything that's won an award. So I'm claiming it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm claiming it as a we won, but still <laughs> I'm one. part of the we. Do you get your own trophy? Great question. I immediately looked into it, and I was told that almost no one gets a trophy. What? I know. Because the trophy, so the award is called an Ellie and it's mm. shaped like a kind of a vague elephant because it's Alexander Calder, I believe is his name. I never say his first name, but Calder, he's an artist and it's like modeled after this statue, I believe, that he has made that is very famous, that is elephant like, but mostly just looks like a claw. Um, the thing is huge. I've never, I must have seen them in person at offices, but right. I never. I saw my editor post a photo with it holding it. And I was like, what? It's gigantic? <laughs> uh, and I asked about getting one and it's like a, it's like no one. I think each publication gets one and that's it. And it just like goes in the, it the goes lobby in that, like, or case. something. Yeah. Do you get a plaque? I, I get nothing. Um, this paper, but I mean, am I bragging? Right? Oh, and I'm going to brag. Yes. <laughs> forever. I get just, bragging rights. I never thought this. I mean, I write literally. I write about theme parks. I never thought that I would be an ASME contention. Mm-hmm. And so to like write a story that was part of a thing that my editor put together that sounded great and now it won an award. How did you? Yeah, and for people who
1: are not in the magazine world, the ASMEs. This is a big fucking deal. Yeah, it's and a really I, big deal. I,
0: I, I, it's like a, it's like a Pulitzer. So, my friends, like my group chat with other reporters, one of them was like, This will be in your obituary. And I was like, what? Yeah. And then the other one said it's second only to a Pulitzer, which uh-huh. sounds crazy. Yeah, that's so cool. How did you
1: find out that you won? Cause it, cause I doubt you, you were not at the, uh, reception, I'm imagining. No, I was
0: not there. My editor was there. So, um, but they live tweet everything. They live tweet all the awards. So I was kind of like, I'm going to play it cool. I'm not going to care. And then when the award came up, I was like, refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> so you like, knew that you were nominated. I found out cause my, um, uh, I was emailing with my editor about, another package that's being worked on that's just like a big collection of a bunch of stories and in that I think in that email thread uh my editor mentioned that we were nominated and I was like what is she talking about and went to the Twitter because they also like kind of announce everything on Twitter and saw that the whole the whole thing was nominated the whole enchilada that's so cool so I went and I read the story oh thank you and I loved it um, I didn't know anything. I mean, I've seen these cookies? Yeah. I think the best um the best reference is Crumble, which is a nationwide cookie chain, and they have the most uh, like the most present pink icing cookie throughout the country.
1: I only know of Crumble. I actually brought up Crumble recently on the show or on social media. I don't know. So, so- I was somewhere and the word crumble" came out of my mouth, and I had a question about it. And I was like, and it, but it was along the order of like, what is the deal with crumble? Yeah. Not in a Seinfeld way, but just I think I only know about it from TikTok. Yes. And it was just like, is it good or what is? Because I just feel like I keep hearing about crumble. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like I've seen, you know what it is. I've seen like cake, like thick. Cake style cookies that have frosting on them at the grocery store, but that's a little bit different than the cookie you wrote about. Because what you wrote about is not a cake style cookie. It's
0: not soft. Yeah, hard. Right. It's more in the sugar cookie realm. Yeah. Um. And the crumble one is the flavor profile is different. It's more Mm. almond. Almond based, the one in Utah that we specifically talk about that originated at Dutchman's Market, which is essentially a gas station, but the coolest gas station I've ever been to. Like you walk in and it's the regular gas station stuff. You can get a soda. You can get a cookie, which if you didn't know where you were, you would just think was random baked goods in a case. No big deal. Not like the core, like the home of this trend. And then you go to the left and it's like a boutique. I picked up hand cream and like lip gloss and they have toys. It's great. Um, but it originated there. And in the story, I report on how there's this other big chain called Swig. Yes. And there is soda culture in mm-hmm. Utah where uh, people are very into, uh, dirty sodas, which means like s- basically Starbucks, but soda, putting yes. in syrups and soda, mixing things in different flavors, stuff like that. And the cookie was a snack that was served with these sodas at this chain Swig. I've
1: had a dirty diet Coke. Yeah. Um, which is very good because I have, uh, uh, Jenna and Al, who are Mormon, used to be regulars on the show. So I would hear about dirty diet cokes yeah. via them. And I know this is huge in Mormon culture and then just like Utah, Utah at large. So I've yeah. heard of Swig. Um, yeah. So, okay. First of all, let's just, let's just get at gas stations that sell baked goods Snapchat. for me. And this is not what the story is about, but for me, I'm always like these delicious treats are too close to the gas. Do you ever feel
0: that way? Oh, I would say too close to the gas station bathroom. And there's like too. shared air that I don't yeah. really want a freshly baked pastry from. Yeah, I'm telling you, I would have never ever gotten these cookies unless, um, I, was driving back from Colorado to Los Angeles and I posted on Instagram and I was like, where should I stop? Cause <laughs> I have some followers who like live all over the country and people recommended different places in this area in St. George, Utah, which is like my, oh, like there, my yeah. ground zero for snacks on the road. <laughs> it has everything. It has like, it's this, because it's big enough where you get like the regional mm-hmm. like, Southwestern chains. It's perfect. It's heaven for me. And, um, uh, a few people mentioned this Dutchman's place. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll go get a cookie. And my husband's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, And like, they're just in a case you'd never know. You like, you would have never gotten them. They're too close to gas. But still.
1: (laughs) Yes. Whenever I feel that way though, because when I was 12, we drove across the country. So I'm familiar with this being like, I guess like a a road stop. Is that what they're called? Not road stop. Uh... Roadside stop. No, there's a, oh my God. There's a very, a very common word for what these, places are where you stop. Why is my brain only
0: saying road stop?
1: (laughs) Maybe road stop is what they're called. Roadside stop, road stop, whatever they are. It makes me feel like very provincial or, or very elite. And those things kind of mean the opposite, but it just makes me feel like one or the other when the fact that I just can't get behind getting gas and food in the same place. Anyway, okay, so on to the road. God damn it. This is where we need Tony. I know he... Tony would absolutely know. Roadside stop. Roadside... Someone... People are
0: yelling at their I phones. I am so sorry to anyone in their car driving <laughs> past one of these being like, ah! Yeah. Road... I give up. Road stop. I give up. See, <laughs> like, when stop. you're on Zoom, you can secretly Google yes, things and you look real smart. But when you're in person, there's nothing <laughs> to fall back on. We're just... We're just out here trying our best. So... Anyway,
1: the story is about the origin of this cookie and the conflict between uh, between Swig and between Dutchman's and then sort of the trend of this cookie popping up in other places and how it's pretty hard to pinpoint who really developed it. And there's like a little bit of infighting and sniping and stuff like that. Um, and so I didn't realize, though, It sounds like you stumbled upon this story,
0: right? Oh, absolutely. And, like, casually mentioned it to my editor, Leslie, at Eater. And Leslie was like, uh, (laughs) what? (laughs) Like, this is a story. So how did you – because
1: you just, you know – Found the cookie. How then did you start Googling or like what made you start looking into it?
0: My Instagram followers, um, because they informed me about Dutchman's and that they, they're like the home of this pink frosted cookie. And on that trip, it was the first time I went to Dutchman's. It was the first time I went to Swig. So I got to have the pink cookie from each okay. and I was comparing them. And a few months later, around the time when I was writing this, that's when like that cookie and crumble really started to take off on TikTok. So it expanded from this question of like, who originated this cookie? Who can, you can't trademark a recipe. Mm-hmm. So like, who is the home of this pink frosted cookie? And now as these change expand, as swig expands, as crumble expands, this cookie is going nationwide. And it still originated with the same people who own Dutchman's Market. They developed the cookie. They sell it. They originally sold it to Swig and they're still there selling this cookie as it kind of reaches a new level of fame. Right. So they, so Swig started selling Dutchman's
1: cookie. So Dutchman was making the cookie. It was popular. Swig started, wanted to sell the cookie with their sodas yeah because you
0: get a cold cookie so in utah they serve cookies either room temp or cold and when it's real hot out you get that cold flavored Mm -hmm. soda you get a cold cookie it's nice and then dutchman's had a flood they had a flood but the um i actually i reported the story so long ago i don't know if i remember some kind of calamity happened yeah they had where
1: they like shut down for a while yeah and so swig Claims that in order to be able to continue selling cookies to the customers, but their the wording of the quote was so interesting, but which I'll get to in a second. But in order to continue supplying cookies to the customers, they had to quickly figure out how to make the cookies themselves because they couldn't get them from Dutchmans anymore. But it was like the the wording from Swig, instead of saying like in order to, you know, continue to, to make them so that because the customers want, it was like in order to now I, and I just read it, but it it was some, it was like, we wanted to be able to continue selling them. It wasn't like people still wanted them. It was, it just, the way I read it, it was like, if you were paying attention, it, it just sounded like we wanted to still be able to make money off of the cookies. That's how it read.
0: Uh, I, uh, I don't remember what was in the story, so I believe you. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to self-incriminate right. over the cookie. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I remember we went to lengths to get statements, but yeah, it's it's really interesting to see like what what happened from this cookie that was basically a family recipe, right? And is now ubiquitous.
1: Um. Yeah. I just. Yes. I just. I thought uh, whoever gave the quote from Swig wasn't <clears throat> being careful about. Uh, wasn't choosing their words in the most diplomatic way. Yeah.
0: And Swig is now, I believe, owned by a different company. I think okay. they sold to a larger food purveyor.
1: And then you pointed out that some people think, or maybe it's Dutchman's, thinks that actually Swig was already making their own version and labeling it Dutchman's before the calamity
0: happened. There's some discussion of that. Yeah. Um, I was not able to discern either way, but I do know that people really kind of pick their team favorite. And like even now, people are like, I will not eat a pink cookie at Swig. I have to get it at Dutchman's. And then they get their soda, because Dutchman's does soda also. Yeah. Um, Swig has a real gussied up situation where it's like Starbucks. Um, also, I should explain Swig on its own, because it is unlike anywhere I've ever been in my life. And I even though personally I support Dutchman's Market because I always like to support the small business who like like their business was almost demolished by a flood and they like came back and it's still family owned and it's a really lovely story and their cookies are great and I prefer them. But Swig is essentially, if you walked into Starbucks and there were, seven things on the menu, but everything else was known by locals. And like, you have to go on TikTok or read a blog to figure out what you're supposed to order. So it's this big learning curve that's very insidery to know what Swig has. So Swig is like, when you pull up to Swig, it's a whole situation. like And then you get this, like the soda is the star of the show and the cookie is the accessory. And it's just a really interesting visit. To go there because it's not just you walk up and you order stuff. It is really bizarre on its own. Like you, ha- is it like you have to be in the know? Oh yeah, I will be like in. We will be in the drive-through, and my husband will be like, "You better know what you want. You better know what you want." And I'm like, "I don't know." Like I'm like looking a lot of up pressure. Like this pile of mommy blogs I've never heard before <laughs> that are like 47 swing drinks you have to try, <laughs> and all of them are like banana coffee and just so random. Mm-hmm. I finally got to a point where I have a file in my phone. Oh my, <laughs> that has all my favorites. But it's it's a lot. It's a great yeah. And it's more intense than Starbucks or any boba place or anywhere people go. Is it mostly women? No. I think because we've only visited during the pandemic, we've mostly been in our car. But the I have seen uh, an array of people working there. So in terms of customer, I'm not sure. But actually, now that I think about it, we did go to one where we got out of the car and it was a bunch of construction workers. Oh. So yeah. it's equal opportunity.
1: Yeah. Well, so my I think my... My favorite, my favorite. I like the whole story. Uh, I'm gonna finish my sentence. Could have second-guessed myself. My favorite part of the story is that you. It ends with you just, just leveling a sick burn at uh, one of the cookie companies. You really just uh, made it very clear where you stand, and I and I'm I like that. Did Thank you, you debate? At all, how much of your own personal opinion to put in there? Like, cause I was, I'm wondering, I wonder how much that was part of the ASME award winning
0: aspect of it, you know? Oh my gosh. I mean, I, if you break it down, like my story is probably 6% of the win, <laughs> like maybe 5%. So it's only a little bit. Um, I believe the, like the overarching package of all of these incredible stories is what, is what won it for us, but, I, my editor, who I work with at Eater, Leslie is Leslie Suter is so good, and so we reframed the story. I think once or twice. I don't remember if that was the original ending or if that mm-hmm. came out later. But I. I always like to put my opinion in stories and one of the reasons I like working for Eater is that they let me. Mm-hmm. Um I've written other straightforward food stories where you can't but it really it felt like because it the story the true story was that I went here randomly and came across this and right. I really appreciate that they let me leave that from the start all the way through the story Yeah, because yeah I do have a favorite and right. you can't I know that, you know, if this is if this story was somewhere else, like a newspaper, we wouldn't really be able to do that. And I appreciate that they let me do that because otherwise you read it and you go, okay well, what cookie is better? Like, what (laughs) cookie are you eating? Right. Like, this is dumb. Give me the information I want. Right. So letting me weave that into the narrative, I think, accomplishes the same goal for everyone. Any pushback from Swig? No, I think if they were maybe not owned by a larger company now, right. perhaps. Also, I love me some Swig. <laughs> so uh I may or may not have planned a, a, a December road trip around going to Swig because I love it. It's so much fun. That and Dutch Bros is like, if people are familiar with Dutch Bros, that's basically the Swig coffee format. It's There's so many of these.
1: Wait, where's Dutch Bros? Dutch
0: Bros is all over the country now. We have it in California, too. We do? And so this is like all sorts
1: of fancy coffee drinks.
0: Yes. It's a lot of like, you got to be in the know. You got to mix and match. You got to have your favorites. This sounds overwhelming, too. Like, what
1: kind of drinks does Dutch Bros have? Well,
0: I'm now realizing I conflated them. And the banana coffee is Dutch Bros that I mentioned before. The sodas are all swig. And I get like, whenever I go to swig, I get a... I believe it's like a raspberry Diet Dr. Pepper with coconut cream. That sounds so good. It's so good. And then once I drink that, then I have a, I get like an extra large seltzer. Because where else can you get a huge like 64-ounce cold seltzer? And then I get, uh, I think, pineapple syrup in it and bits of fruit. Oh, my gosh. It's incredible. Um, so those are my favorites. But Dutch Rose is more coffee-based, but the same sort of mixy-matchy flavor escapade. For someone indecisive like me, yes. I would be there for hours. Uh-huh. Now, but you do this on a road trip. Yeah, I'm not driving. I'm figuring out what I'm going to drink. Right. But how, how frequently are you peeing? Oh, all the time. <laughs> but, but I don't mind stopping because then yeah. it's like I can go get combos. Right. Great. Yes.
1: Yeah, I also don't mind. Okay. How do you feel yes. about a
0: flight that has stops? Uh, not happening. OK, if I'm on a flight that stops, it's because there is an emergency. <laughs> I and I know that uh, like when you're in L.A., you have to make the choice between LAX and Burbank mm-hmm. and LAX is a nightmare to get to. But if you fly to Burbank anywhere I fly to, there's a layover yeah. and I refuse. I just refuse to do it. I always get burned. It is a nightmare to me. I am. I feel like I am too old and too in control of my life to run from a gate to another mm-hmm. gate. If I don't have to, I'm never doing it.
1: Yeah. Do you feel the
0: same? Um so this came
1: up recently on Childish, which is the parenting-ish podcast I do with Greg Fitzsimmons. He feels the same. He will not. He will only fly nonstop. Um if it's a and it's it's been a really long time since I've taken a super long flight, but if it's a super long flight, I do not mind stopping because the idea of being on a plane for like 16 hours just I just want to walk into the ocean I can't handle really six, yeah 16 hours on a plane oh my god so I would rather do like you know eight and then nine or something like that oh or, god no yeah oh I like, would
0: oh getting getting on that nine hour flight after one oh god no absolutely not really? if I'm off the plane that's my destination I'm not you want to just it. you want to just tuck in for 16 yeah listen I got compression socks <laughs> I got a lot of work I don't get done I, I'm ready
1: it's a long silence for an audio podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I also had, this is a very repugnant thought and I'm just going to, I'm just going to share it because I started, I've started a newsletter. That's my new thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm super into it. And I started writing about this a little bit in the newsletter. Uh, how I was just, I started having this thought on a beach in Hawaii and I was like, why am I doing this to myself? But I was just like, how come I don't fly first? How, when do I get to be a person who flies first? You know, and I was just like, these are, these are some odious, greedy, materialistic thoughts. But still, I don't fly first. I would love to be a person who does. Yeah. I, I think that might change the game for me. Maybe 16 hours in first or in some kind of la- like the last time I flew, that's not true. The last time I flew to Europe, these layback seats existed. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've existed for a long time. I've only been aware of them, I feel like more recently. But before that, uh, was like, you know, 20 years ago or something. And I don't recall there being these super comfortable yeah, options. We did not grow up with that. No, <laughs> no, we didn't. Okay. So the way I travel, stuffed into an overhead bin.
0: <laughs> I can't do it for 16 hours. <laughs> I, that I completely understand. Um, I I don't, since I've gone on birthright, I don't think I've flown it coach, coach internationally. I'll do whatever I can to pay to upgrade to yeah. the, it's like, it's like, we're not economy, but we're a little nicer right? where it's like, you're maybe sitting next to one less person. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe that make maybe that makes the difference. As I started thinking about that on
1: this trip. I started thinking maybe it is worth, it's just so yes, expensive. And if you look at
0: the money and you look at the time and yeah. you go make it make sense. Right. But there really are two paths to flying first. Mm-hmm. It's, having a lot of money and feeling okay spending it, or being really good at credit card points. Yeah. And my husband is so good at credit Mm. card points that he just like, it's something in his brain. He understands it. He tells me what credit card to use and he figures out how to finagle different things. Mm. And I I still have no idea how he does it, but he really gets the art of it. And that is how I think a lot of people are flying first is that they figure out the points thing and then they use the points specifically to upgrade flights. Okay. I need to get on that path. Yes. Yes. I need to get on that path
1: because then I could do – it's not like – by the way, it's not like here I am spending my life flying abroad and making multiple stops. This is purely hypothetical. Yes. But in this hypothetical situation, then I could do it and it wouldn't be such a big deal. Um, But – but if it's anything less than a super long flight, I do not want to break it up. And also now that kids are involved, oh, God, I, no. I wouldn't yeah. want to make any stop with children. No.
0: And I, the main place I fly to is Florida. Mm. So from here, it's four, it's upper fours. That's uh, not too like, bad. Like almost, it's about five hours each way, yeah. which if I have an, a seat that I like, usually it's 12C. <laughs> I like to be on the aisle on the left side towards the front. Um, harder to do these days. Mm. I'm flying a lot of... High thirties, low forties, which is not my favorite back by the bathroom, just booking things late. But I can do like that sitting in a coach seat, a little, little coach seat to Florida. I can do any day. Why left side? I'm an aisle person as well, but why left? I don't, it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's just a weird thing where I like, I just prefer left.
1: You know, I'm an aisle person as well. However, Daniel went to the bathroom. We did not have someone in between us. um. So we had a whole row. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Uh, He went to the bathroom. And so I just sidled on over to that window seat. By the way, we didn't have someone in between us. And we sat window and aisle with that seat in between us. And I was like, is our marriage dying? (laughs) (laughs) Because we are not sitting next to, I mean, we are sitting next to each other, but there's a lot of space in between us and we aren't. We aren't itching to close the gap. But anyway, so I, I think that
0: s- just means you're married because we I, I booked so. a room for a wedding last weekend and I accidentally booked two queens and we were both like, hell yeah. <laughs> so he went to the bathroom and so I
1: was like, I'm going to check out this window seat. And I got into the window seat because I never want the window. I never take the window seat because I just have to pee all the time. Yep. And I don't want to feel trapped. So anyway, though, and I was like, it's actually kind of nice over here. What if I were a window seat person? Because then if you want to snooze, you do have the. You know, it's right there.
0: Oh, yeah. But I've tried it because mm-hmm. I had the same thought process and I fly enough where I'm like, I could try a window on this one. Yeah. And from the moment the plane left the ground, I was like, OK, do I have to pee yet? Do I have to pee? Yeah. Uh, do I have to pee? Do I have to really pee? Right. Can I hold it? Just panicked the whole time. It's like choosing a middle seat at a movie
1: yes. back in the days when movies were uh, well, well populated, when they were worth going to. A theater yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Let's talk theme parks. Yeah. So we are going to Disneyland Excited. on April 19th. Oh yeah. We have park hoppers, which I've never we have never gone to California Adventure with my kids. This will be Owen's first time at Disneyland. <gasps> oh my. Um god. at both of them. Uh this cu- question came straight from my husband. Oh god, I hope I know the answer. Are we insane for going? Uh, April 19th, because he is under the impression it's like crazy crowded right now.
0: So there's two answers to this. The first one is that the crowd patterns have been really, really, really bonkers lately, um, especially during spring break. I haven't been reporting on it lately, so I'm not sure if April 19th is just outside of the spring break window for California. Or spring for... break is now eight weeks long, it Yeah, seems. that's the thing. Like, I was operating before under mid-March to mid-April, and so that April 19th is, like, right on the edge. So it could be very crowded, but that would be, like, just like any other day. Mm-hmm. I don't think if you went specifically a different day, it would be different. However, um, character meet and greets are returning, and this is obviously PR speak, as, as early as April 18th. Oh. So you may, may not get a lot of characters on this trip, which is good because then you'll get more for your ticket price, but it means that there might be more people there who are, you know, just pass holders and locals who want to go back to see characters. Right. So it's it's multifaceted whether it will be worth it or not for crowds. But mm. the crowds are just so unlike anything I've really seen in a while. And it's pretty surprising because yeah. there is a... This is the only time that we've had to make reservations to go to the park and yet busy. So um, hopefully you will get it will be outside the spring break window i hope i hope so too what about this genie pass thing Okay. <laughs> so my podcast episode this week is all about Disney Genie Plus. Ooh. And there is if you've heard bad word of mouth about Disney Genie Plus, it's coming out of Florida because it is the same product but works completely different at Disneyland Resort in California as opposed to Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. So in California, you can really utilize it to do a lot more, but you have to be like on your phone in the app booking stuff. Knowing what you're doing. It depends because you're going with kids. I don't know how aggressive you're going to be about rides. It might make, might make more sense to just like play it cool and do the ones you really want to do and not worry about it. But if you are willing to do it, it's 20 bucks per person for the day. And it can basically just help you get on something like Dumbo or, um, I'm trying to think because you have uh, little kids. What is, uh, height that has, that no, they wouldn't go on that. Uh, Tomorrowland, no, is it Autopia, stuff mm-hmm. like that? You'd be able to get on that quicker. Hmm. But it's a real like. Do we think we really need this? Would we rather just wait it out for Dumbo right. one time? That type of vibe. Well, I imagine like
1: some of us will want to go on like Space Mountain. Yes. Or I know Elliot likes Thunder Mountain. So oh, and we're going with another family. Oh, it's so actually a bigger. Tall enough yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's so there's actually so it's us. Um, and then there's another family going. So there will
0: be – I cannot do math. So there will be eight of us all together.
1: Gotcha. So four adults, four kids.
0: So if you have two separate parties, I think you would all want to be on the same page. So either everyone gets it or okay. no one gets it. And so it, if you're on
1: it, then it like tells you to go to the ride now and then you go to the front? Or how does that so work? So
0: there – Again, the naming of this is very confusing. (laughs) But there is Disney Genie, which is a free product available to anyone who's attending the park. And basically, it'll tell you... What the what the regular stats are. So how long you can expect to wait when lates are lower, when weights are higher for specific rides. Um, I don't use it, which I think should tell you everything. Okay. Disney Genie Plus is the paid product, Mm -hmm. and that basically is like Max Pass and it lets you use what it's a new version of FastPass. Okay. So it lets you pay one flat fee for the whole day, and you can book multiple return tickets to different rides throughout both parks. And then <laughs> there's this other thing, which is called basically individual attraction selection mm-hmm. or casually people call it like individual lightning lanes because okay. lightning lane is the actual space you walk through. Uh-huh. The names are not good. Uh, we're just powering through, but that will let you go on like the the big ticket rides. So your Rise of the Resistance, your Radiator Springs Racers, that is a separate fee from Disney Genie+. Plus do you have to have Disney Genie Plus to pay that? You do not. So you can you can do both. You can throw a bunch of money at it and you can do Disney Genie Plus and book per ride. You can book two rides total per person the d- throughout the day with that individual one. You can just do one if you're like, we just wanted to Radiator Springs Racers and just hang out. You can do that. You can do none and just use the free product. So you have a lot of options. But I think if there is someone who's willing to be what I usually call trip mom, where you're on the phone booking everyone's stuff. If someone is willing to do that, I would get Disney Genie Plus for everyone. Because then we will... Not be waiting in line very much. Uh, you'll be waiting in line less than you would have. Okay.
1: And if, by the way, you work at Disney World, right? If
0: <laughs> <laughs> me being like, I never say this stuff out loud. I just type it. I hope my brain still works. <laughs> one more, one more question. Yes,
1: thank yes. you for letting me. I'm so, th- this is what I indulging. do.
0: I mean, I, <laughs> God, I hope it feels like a like an AP exam, and I I'm passing. <laughs> oh, you're getting a five. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. My first,
1: five. you're getting a five. You will. Uh, when you go to college, you'll have a credit from this. Oh my God. I want um, to take a 101 yeah. <laughs> intro to Disneyland. <laughs> when you do the lightning lane, let's yes. say for Radiator Springs or something, do you have a sense of like how much, how long you then still have to wait in line?
0: You don't wait in line that long. It's pretty similar to what it was with fast pass but it really depends on attraction I've experienced. Um, For example, I recently used it to go on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, and I thought I would wait for a while, and I didn't. Indiana Jones ends up being a longer wait. It also depends on if the ride stops or if it goes down Mm, or if it's loading slowly, but you definitely 100% board faster. Is there anything, any like
1: must-see stuff that you would recommend?
0: Ooh, um, are the other family's children around the same age?
1: Uh, They are around Elliot's age. So one is Elliot's age and one is a year older.
0: Okay. um,
1: So five and six or five and seven. This is
0: an unpopular opinion, (laughs) but The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is all the way in the back of the park kind of by Splash Mountain. Disney fans don't love the ride. But if you are with kids and they need to go on something and you don't want to wait a while, there is not that much of a wait. And it's right next to the back entrance to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming off something where maybe the kids aren't going on a ride, the parents want to go on, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run and everyone else is waiting for them, it's like a really good way to just like get to something quickly, be able to ride it, be out of the crush of Fantasyland since you're on the opposite side of the park. I think that's kind of a good thing to keep in your back pocket with kids. Okay. Um, the other thing I would say is this is separate, but familiarize yourself with rider switch, which is a program that basically, Oh yeah, yeah, it lets you if there are people in the party who don't want to ride or perhaps can't ride because of their height. It means you only have to wait once. Okay. And then a second group can go with the once the first group comes out. Oh, that's basically, amazing. Yeah. So a kid's not left alone. Okay. Um, I don't know if it will be worth it for your group, but they did redo the Snow White attraction at Disneyland and they did a really good job. And that I comes from like someone who dragged it before they opened it. I was like, this looks like the one in Florida. And then I wrote it and was like, yeah, you'll killed it. So it's really nice to be because all those Fantasyland rides are so adorable and mm-hmm. so unique to Disneyland. But anybody who's been to Disneyland knows that, like they're kind of a time capsule. Right. And so to see them update one like this in recent memory is is really good. Ooh, yeah. I definitely want to see that. Yeah. So if you're kind of like, do we want to do a Mr. Toad? Do we want to do a, uh, I mean, Peter Pan I love, but it is a long wait. Like yeah. Snow White packs more modern punch than you might think it would.
1: Okay. Yeah. Definitely have to do that. Um, There's, I feel like there's some food event going on.
0: Yes. I'm trying to think. It should still be running the week that you're there because I think it ends end of April, but it's the uh, Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. Yeah. Is that it's it's nice because it basically turns the whole park into just a a food marketplace. And so if you're walking around, you want to grab a drink, you want to grab a a weird soda, you want to grab a fun snack. It's really easy to do. Oh, So Uh, you don't have to buy separate tickets for it. No, not at all. Great. It's just little marketplace stands throughout the park that have fun food. Uh, I would recommend if you're ever in a situation where there's a really long line to order, you can buy, you can go to any location. So any of these little stands throughout Disney California Adventure, you can walk up to any of them and purchase anything from any stand. And so if you wanted, maybe you wanted a beer from this place and you wanted a dessert from this other place, you can pay for them at once. So you only have to wait one time and then you go pick them up separately at their individual spots. Okay. And that can save so much time if it's busy. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I'm ex- I have not done Guardians of the Galaxy because it was, uh, t- Tower of Terror. That it was, called? yeah, it was Last originally time.
0: Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Yes. I, that is the rare experience where every Disney fan, not me, because I was for it. Every Disney fan was like, how dare you take our Tower of Terror away? How dare you do this? And then it came out and people went, okay. <laughs> like, it's amazing because they really just dialed the mechanism up to 11 where before, Tower of Terror is mostly a drop sensation. Mm-hmm. This shoots you up and drops you. Oh. So it's really dynamic. It's really fun. You will fly out of your seat. You're seatbelted, so you're fine. But you will feel like you're suspended in space, which doesn't happen a lot, especially yeah. at a Disney Park. Well, now I'm scared. No, you'll be fine. You'll be <laughs> fine. It is worth it. It is worth it. It is so much fun. If you're nervous, maybe just don't eat right before. But it's really good. It's really, okay. really good.
1: It sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, what is (laughs) foamly? I've followed you for a long time and I have never, first, let me tell you what I suspect it is. Okay. Cause this could be funny. Okay. So I know that like the, the wise lights, people who are super into you, you, they're like you're (laughs) foamly. And I suspect it has something to do with lattes or something. Yes! Okay. <laughs> Explain, please. Okay. So
0: this is all a weird, happy accident. But essentially, um, the reason I'm a journalist is because when I find something I like, I need to scream about it. And if I don't get it out of my head, I think my brain will just combust inside my skull. Like if I find something I like, every single person I know needs needs to find out about it. To the point where I bought that new Coca-Cola, the star starlight. Oh yeah. And I gave I, like Burst the package open and gave one to the cashier at Target. I'm like, you have to try this. It's here. It's great. Like, just I. It's just how my brain is wired. And so when I tried Starbucks's cold foam when it first came out in, it must have been 2019, 2018 or 2019, when they were like introducing. Cold foam. I went to try it, and it felt like felt like the heavens opened up <laughs> because I drink iced nonfat lattes. That's my drink. Like, mm-hmm. That's what I drink every day. And here was a new product made out of nonfat milk, which nobody, like nobody in LA, stocks nonfat milk. I have to go to specific places to get it. People only care about oat. They only care about a nut milk. Yeah. Here was here was skim milk being like raised up to the top. So. I freaked out and was obsessed <laughs> with it and basically just kept screaming about it online. And around that time, <laughs> I think it was actually directly related. I was posting on Instagram just being like, I love this. Who's having this? And then I was getting so many DMs from people who wanted to talk about that and the same stuff. <laughs> like, wanted to talk about Starbucks mom wanted to talk about Disney parks, that I'm like, this is dumb that I'm talking to each of you individually when we should all be talking. Yes. So i I was I got frustrated that we couldn't all be friends and I made a Facebook group (laughs) now like now it's the Fomaly and it's just where we talk about Disney and Starbucks and so much more like so many other life things but still like coffee and Starbucks are or coffee and theme parks are the main through line I love that yeah I love that that's amazing it's a great product too I highly recommend it (laughs) did I buy the Vitamix that creates it for my house yes I did they use a Vitamix. Yes, because someone in the foamily worked at a Starbucks and was like, "This is what it is. Like, we have the industrial version. It's a Vitamix air a e r container, mm. and you can buy it for your home Vitamix machine." I experimented with peanut butter foam before I came here. It was delicious. Like, it is. Did you put peanut butter in the milk? Yeah, I tried it. Wow. I like put peanut butter and vanilla syrup in skim milk and then foamed it.
1: Wow. Yeah, it was great. I've never even had cold foam <gasps> from Starbucks. I I have a milk frother and it can you can put it on cold. So it's okay. but maybe it's not the it same. It is it's
0: like whipped cream, but it it I don't know how, I don't know who invented that skim milk could become this dense product, but Oh my god, yeah, it's amazing.
1: When you said it's like whipped cream, now I like have to immediately after this podcast I have to go out and find it. It's yeah. the, it's the consistency of whipped cream?
0: Yeah, so the reason I bought the container is because I would go to Starbucks all the time and I'd get it and I'd be like, this isn't enough cold foam. This isn't right. And my husband was like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't go. I can't drive you to Starbucks and have you say they're doing it wrong when you don't work there. So like I, now I control my product, which is great. Uh, but they have two different, they have multiple different types now. So you want to get the regular cold foam, which is skim milk with a little vanilla syrup. But the, uh the other cold foam, which is sweet cream is just, it's like a thick, too sweet, too creamy for me. Okay. I really just want the core product. When I
1: am a bit older than you, when I was growing up, there was an infomercial that would come on late at night. And if you are listening to this and you remember it, please write in A R I Y M B F show at gmail.com. It was for the something blender or something mixer. And they would make something. And she was like, You can watch, you can eat it during the late show, the late, late show, the late, late, late show, and it'll never show. But it was something they would whip. It was some Is it mixer. Bananas? No, it was it, the. But the thing they were selling was some blender or some mixer, huh. and you could put in milk or something. The frother, like they, they'd whip it up. I mean, it's almost the way you talked about whipping milk into uh, something that's like whipped cream. Made me think of this thing. But you could also make mayonnaise with it, and I mean, it was just like a blender or something. Oh. But yeah, but
0: if you can make mayonnaise, that's the same. Aerator Raider function yes, is this
1: right I gotta find out what this it was a very early infomercial that I used to just it oh, was hypnotic foam.
0: yeah I mean that's how I ended up with the Vitamix right I watched I watched it on like HSN or I watched whatever it was on TV so often that you I got to my get husband I got one I had to get it <laughs> Well, here's something else you guys are going to have to get. Bombas. We love
1: Bombas. We love Bombas. They are the most comfortable socks, but they make more than socks. Bombas' mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Um, look, I love Bombas because they're all about comfort. I hate itchy tags. I hate them. Uh, I have to remove the tags from, from all my clothing items. So, uh... Uh, I also hate scratchy seams in the neckline, and Bombas solves the problem for me. Uh, They designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, and tagless and has a luxuriously cozy feel. Here's the thing. Here's uh, what happens. You buy Bombas socks, shirts, underwear, and then you begin to dislike the rest of your socks, shirts, and underwear because you think, why can't you be as comfortable as Bombas? And then all you want to wear is Bombas. This happened Me with socks because Bombas socks, uh, they the the my favorite have like uh, they hug your feet. They have the arch support, and it just feels like a hug on your foot. And I want all my clothes to hug me. Ah, Look, they're made from super soft materials like merino wool, pima cotton, and even cashmere, which makes them the perfect cozy layers. There's a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do. They come in tons of options, like comfy performance styles for every sport and activity that keeps you moving. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and they're the perfect weight, so they hang just right. Go to bombas.com slash bestfriend to get 20% off your first purchase that's Bombas, B O M B A S dot com slash best friend for twenty percent off bombas.com slash best friend. And I also want to tell you guys about uh ring. We all know about the Ring video doorbell. Um, I can't imagine life without my Ring video doorbell. Um, but something you might not know is that Ring makes an alarm. It's true. Ring makes an alarm. It's an award-winning home security system with an available professional monitoring when you subscribe. And best of all, you can easily install it yourself. And Ring didn't stop there. They've changed the home security game with Ring Alarm Pro. And that's why I decided to work with Ring to put a ring of security around my home with the new Ring Alarm Pro. It is next level security. CNET calls the Ring Alarm Pro a giant leap for home security. And after using it, I think they're totally right. Ring Alarm Pro helps secure your entire home and the Wi-Fi it runs on. With Ring Alarm Pro, Ring combined a home security system and a Wi-Fi router. So this thing helps protect your home and secure your network. So now you have a secure network with a crazy strong signal for all the devices across your home. And if you're anything like me, that's a lot of devices Look, I've told you, when we moved into this house, Daniel told me his dream of having a smart home, everything in the home controlled on his phone. And I said, honey, I don't share that dream. And now look at us all these months later and everything in this home is controlled by his phone. Not my phone, his phone. Am I bitter? Maybe a little bit, but I have to admit it is nice to have it all controlled by his phone. And now... It is all protected by our ring of security. And we just took a vacation and it was so nice to know that our home was protected. We could monitor it from far away. We had cameras on the home. We had ring on the job, making sure that everything was secure. Um, I, I have, you guys have heard me tell this story. I've told it a thousand times, so I'll just make it super fast. But when we moved in, we wanted to get an alarm system. I did not want to go with one of those companies where you have to, it's just a whole rigmarole. They come out, they set it up. You're dependent on them. I, I, i've just 've heard too many horror stories from people about these companies um, and then I found out that Ring had an alarm and i did, I was familiar with Ring and I love the company, but at that time I didn't know they had an alarm. When I found that out, we went out that day and we got the ring alarm and we installed it ourselves Daniel did um, he installed it. Uh but I think I could have done it actually because it's very easy to install. And then it's just been smooth sailing ever since we've been so happy with it. And now we have the Ring Alarm Pro. Um, even more happy, and it's just great. Uh it's you get professional monitoring, ultimate peace of mind. Uh look, you, you may not have known, but it's true. Ring has an award-winning alarm. And to pre to protect my home, I've gone pro with Ring Alarm Pro. To learn more, go to ring.com forward slash best friend. That's ring.com forward slash best friend okay we're back that was great thank you. i feel like i was gone for hours
0: <laughs> i feel like i took I just, a vacation i felt like i was watching an infomercial it was oh great my god
1: thank you did you want to so nice s- to see you live <laughs> thank you um listen I have some questions mm-hmm. that uh, listeners sent in on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Rosen. You can go there for bonus episodes, behind the scenes content. There's a level where you can text me and I'll text you. Oh that's you fun. See, yes, it's very fun. Um, in fact, just I was telling them the the, the people in my we well, I don't call them my foamly, mm-hmm. um, but I wish I did. But I was te- I was telling my foamly today that <laughs> I was gonna be recording with you in person. For the first time ever and that I'm nervous that my house is a mess. So oh they, my
0: God, no, I loved your house. Mm,
1: thank you. They, they were very reassuring and they were excited that you, that I was going to see you in person. Um, but anyway, they have some questions because one of the thing, one of the, uh, one of the things, if you're part of my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen, you can submit questions for the guests. And if you sign up for uh, an annual subscription, you get two months free, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay. When we ask and send them in, they wonder how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Karen Quinn wants to know, when did you first feel comfortable visiting parks again since COVID? Did you find some theme parks cleaner than others?
0: Ooh, really good question. Um, so I visited the parks again for work before for pleasure. Um, I attended Walt Disney World's opening day, which was summer 2020. Uh, it was intense. Uh, I took it slowly. I was there for a week. I like gave myself enough time. So I, I mean, it was the cleanest place I've ever been in my entire life, surface wise. But right. the whole problem with COVID is that you don't know unless we see like mask wearing and things like that, uh, which they had at that time. But uh, have I seen a difference between parks? Or I guess the first, there's no way to say when I went for leisure because I always – there was always a visit for work before I went for fun. So, yeah, I've been going here and there, but I've been very, very cautious about all of it and still wear my mask when I go to the park even now just because it's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleanliness-wise, I have just been doing less since 2020, so – um, I haven't traveled to too many parks that aren't Disney or Universal. I haven't been to many what you would call like regional parks, like a Six Flags or a, a theme park that's specific to a location, which might have less industrial level cleaning than the Giants do. But I, I have seen different levels of things like mask enforcement, and that was readily apparent during the peak days of the pandemic. Um And then seeing which parks kind of slipped mm-hmm. first. I I—I mean, I saw photos online and things, but uh, Disney really kept a tight standard for a long, long time about all of those type of safety, cleanliness details. How are they now? Do you know? It's, I mean, things feel very, very normal. And Disney has a really good baseline of park cleanliness, but it's definitely not – there was a time when they were stopping rides to sanitize them every hour, to sanitize every single ride vehicle. i like, mm. that's never happening again. Right, right. But, I mean, I pray that never happens again. <laughs> but it's still – right now, there's just so many people there, you don't even really yeah. think about it. I think when we
1: went – because we went in May 2021, maybe. I think they were re- requiring masks outside.
0: Yeah, they were for a while. And yeah. they definitely have been like changing it just depending on how time goes. Um, right. But California statewide had so many restrictions that that really separated the California guidance from the mm-hmm. Florida guidance. Right. Because Universal Studios Hollywood had the most stringent restrictions for so long because they're in LA County and LA mm-hmm. County was not messing around. Right. <laughs> Tiffany Fuller says, do you have or still have
1: a sense of unreality to an to enjoy an attraction, or because you know how the sausage, Krakatoa punch is made, is it more cynical?
0: <laughs> um, I'm still able to enjoy it. I think that there are certain experiences where maybe I've written about it too much, or I've it's just it. I can't see past it. I can't see past the flaws on things like Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, which I think is a a really smart attraction, a really cool situation when you enter, they have the full-scale Falcon on your right, and then you enter, and then you're piloting it. I think that is all amazing. But I cannot enjoy that ride without thinking about how much of a mistake it was to set a ride up where there's two people in control of the ride vehicle. Because what they've done by doing that is that most people are visiting with like two, three, four people. It's rare that you'll have a group of six. Yeah. So your party will be mixed with another family, another group, possibly two. And by doing that, two people are sitting in the pilot seat of the Millennium Falcon, which means that they are controlling what your vehicle does. And you may not know them. And so you are just a passenger to them steering poorly or steering great. And it's a variable that I don't think works well when you have people visiting these resorts maybe once ever, maybe once every five years. And I think that that is something I cannot see past. Yeah, But otherwise, um, that's kind of the fun part of – being able to ride things for work. Like if I go to an opening, I'm able to go on it before there's YouTube videos of it, before people have tweeted out opinions. So I'm really, really able to just go on it. And I try to ride things at least three times at an opening. So like once to really approach it from a work perspective, once to just enjoy it as a fan. And then at the end to really like think about what the overarching theme of my review will be. But by being able to do that means that there is an opportunity for me to just enjoy it on my own, just like zone out and forget work for at least a minute. So I'm I think it all balances out.
1: How much them steering it? Does it actually like what does that control? Does it control the movement of it? Yeah, because
0: you're basically, it's as though you're in the cockpit of a ship. So if they, if the two pilots steer left or right or up and down, you move left Mm. or right or up and down. And if the two people don't steer it well, then you're just bobbing around, even though the people in the back have, are engineers or gunners, which is like their position and you press buttons and you do stuff. They're not in charge of what the vehicle movement is. The two people in the front are. Right. And leaving that up to what are sometimes someone's five-year-old yeah. or just like people who have no idea how a joystick works. Yeah. That is a variable that I, I wish they wouldn't have included in a theme park attraction. Right. So do you think it should have been like kind of preset? I, I don't know. I'm really unsure how they could have fixed it, but I think there, there should have been something where there should have been a way where it's just, it's not that up to two people. Right. Or everyone should have a balanced experience where the two positions in the back, the gunner and the engineers, have as much of an influence Mm -hmm. over the ship's movement by doing something within the attraction. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, Veronica says, what are her thoughts about Six Flags? I haven't been to one since childhood and I'm about to go as a teacher chaperone with 68th graders. Oh my God. I know. (laughs) I love Disney and Universal, but don't know much about Six Flags. Thank you.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, so I'm scared of the the big boys like the real roller coasters. So that's the only reason I don't go to Six Flags a lot because I tried to do it once. There was a time in this line of work where I thought, like, oh, maybe I should, maybe I should review roller coasters. Like, maybe I should be writing about this. And I went and I like white it out, which is where you like don't pass out, but you get very dizzy. And I was like, I don't know, I can do this. And I went to my doctor and she's like, I I can give you beta blockers, but I advise against this. So I I stopped that charade and no longer really go there. But Six Flags has some good rides. They're just really focused on thrills and less so theming. And the reason I love Disney and Universal is because there's so much going on beyond just the ride, just the entire experience, the lands, the characters. And Six Flags has less of that. But if you're going with that many kids, you're going to be busy. So I think you're going to have a time regardless. (laughs)
1: I'm so overwhelmed by the notion of 68th graders. That's
0: there is, <laughs> is not pl- because
1: of the pandemic that that sounds like an insane situation because really it's not that much. It's like so like a public Okay, I went to um I went to a private for in 8th grade I went to a private school where each class had 24 oh my and there God. were two classes. But in in but I went to a public high school and but I think the public 8th grade each class had about 30. So if it's really just like Two classes. It's really not that many. I'm scared of two eighth graders.
0: Like, <laughs> I, 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 I can't. They're not, but she's a teacher, so this is her line of work. I don't understand how any teacher does it. Truly, like that is the hardest job in the world. Compounded with the fact that they all have phones and they're all cool now because they have yes, the internet. They can find out anything they want. They
1: are little influencers. Yes,
0: they're like small, tiny adults. <laughs> I'm. If I walk by a group of teenagers and they're <clears throat> laughing, that scares me. Okay. The other day, I was leaving. I went to a six o'clock dinner with my friend. like really starting strong (laughs) and I was walking to my car and these three they weren't maybe they were like 1920 but of course they were 1920 they were so hot they were like walking towards me and I of course cowered and then stepped aside to let them have the whole sidewalk (laughs) they deserve it and one of them turned and goes cute outfit oh and I was like me And then I had to be like, were they making fun of me? I don't know. Yeah. But I'm terrified of anyone young. Terrified of them. Yeah. Terrified. And that many running around a park? I know. I mean, they're just going to like try to sneak away to kiss, right?
1: Probably. Yeah. How? Here's what I wonder. How could you possibly go to a theme park with 68th graders and return with 68th graders? Oh, no way. You're coming home with 44 or something. Like there's no...
0: Yeah, cuz if they're it like i it's I'm impossible. Staying. You can't do, like no. you can't say no to Mm-mm. these kids. I would never be able to do that. Veronica, how do you do it? How do you do it?
1: And it, and is this like the entire 8th grade or what is going on? I hope you're not the only one assigned to them. She can't be. There's no way. They would never they would never set one teacher I don't, I mean, loose with they're them. They're
0: kind of like aren't they like aren't a lot of teachers? Aren't they low on staff? Oh, maybe. Oh, God. Am I gleaning all my information from Abbott Elementary and like the one random TikTok I get about schools? Yes. But do I need to watch Abbott Elementary? I keep hearing it so good. It's great. Yeah. And I watch every network show. Okay. And this is the only one that other people are saying is also great. I need to start
1: watching it. Um, Yeah, Veronica, we're going to need more details.
0: Yeah. And was I this really... like a science trip? Was this an orchestra trip? Because we did that in high school where you'd like go to random velocity or whatever, or I don't know why oh. we did an orchestra trip, but we did. Interesting. So I'm, I'm curious if it's like smarty kids who just really want to fill out the worksheet or not. You were in the orchestra? Yeah. My What'd parents you made me. Um, I started with violin because it's the easiest one to, you're like, oh, I hold it, cool. And then I eventually switched to upright bass. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you still play it all? No. Uh, it's too big, too cumbersome. I was not talented. Mm. I, I did it, but I was not – it was not a gift. Yeah. Yeah, because you're just in the back like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like it's not – Still though. Like I, playing a solo is really not great.
1: That's – I still think that's fun. Um, But is it the pandemic? Because I think it's the pandemic that's making me think 68th graders is like – it's like a – Oh, my God. That's like an infestation.
0: I'm just scared of being in charge of anything. Yeah. So being in charge, like being at the front of the bus for that many kids who all Mm. have phones? I know. Oh, God.
1: (sighs) Okay. Amy Quilla Stapleton says, nope, I think it's Amy Culea Stapleton. Does the Galactic Star Cruiser really pull off the immersive experience slash did you find yourself feeling lame or dorky for fully participating in missions? Wait, is that the hotel?
0: Yes. Um Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser commonly known as Star Wars Hotel uh which I experienced oh, last month, two months, I don't know how time goes, a few weeks ago. Casually. It was that recently? Yeah, it was really recently. Really? Um my thing was end of February. Okay. Yeah, end of February. Um it I did not feel dorky or lame one bit and I think that's what makes it so special is that the fans who are going to this are so committed to being a part of it that that's like that's the benefit you get from it is that other people, even if you're not, there were people on my cruise who I never spoke with, but were so dedicated to playing a character. And then we're talking passengers. We're so committed to their costume that it just added to the atmosphere for everyone. And what I will say, especially for any fans listening is that I interviewed people for a story. I wrote for Bloomberg who had went on one of the initial ones. I went for media. These were paid visitors and It's the only time in my life that I've interviewed someone and they've started to cry and I, the quotes that they gave me were unbelievable they said that things like they've never been able to feel themselves more than within this experience oh my god like living their true lives like it was the highlight of their life stuff like that oh wow which is incredible um I think it does live up to being a really immersive space but something the the more you get into Star Wars fandom I think the less people agree with that because one of the things that stuck with me that I've heard is that a r- true Star Wars space isn't isn't always like fun and sterile. When you get a really sterile, clean Star Wars space, it's usually like first order, bad things are happening, stormtroopers live there. And there is an element to that on this luxury cruise liner that is the Halcyon, which is the name of the Star Cruiser. But I think they I think they did a really good job. And if someone is a huge Star Wars fan who just wants to live in that environment for two nights, this is the best you're ever gonna get. Um that's a, now, is it true that – wait, Daniel told me something about
1: Space Mountain being redone as a Star Wars Yeah, they ride. do this
0: – it's called an overlay, so it'll be Hyperspace Mountain. So they'll have a theming and music and lights, and it has just Star Wars elements to it, like like little like noises and uh, visuals and stuff like that. But it's still the same ride. It's just a seasonal change. Got it. Yeah. Um, okay, then Amy says
1: – and I'm –
0: Oh, I do want to say one more thing yes. about, um. I forget who, the name of the person who wrote in. Uh, she's also Amy. Oh, also Amy. So yes. first Amy. Um, In terms of the missions, I felt a little weird just because I'm rusty with walking up to a, a person. So there's characters on the ship and you can walk up to them. You can uh, converse with them inside the app or you can just like truly walk up to them and talk to them, which is something I do not feel normal doing after <laughs> a pandemic, like cruising right up to a stranger and being like, so tell me like how to get this done. That is something that really freaked me out. So pandemic wise, like I w- I don't have that social skill back mm-hmm. yet, but I didn't feel lame or dorky doing it because it's it's kind of like talking to any character in a Disney park, except that here there's actual reasons to like make believe with them instead of just being like, Oh, Elsa, how's your ice palace? Right. Like here, it really, it moves your own narrative forward. So it's, it does not feel dorky or lame at all. I just personally felt very self-conscious speaking to someone in character. Cause it was mm-hmm. weird for me. Yeah,
1: I, uh, when we were at Disneyland, we were, it was like about to, cl- we were at the end of the day and something was about to close. And I was, tr- we were trying quickly to get to another ride mm-hmm. before it closed. And we were in star Wars land, which is not the name of it. What is it called? Star Wars Galaxy. That's right. But it's fine. Um, And I asked a character, excuse me, do you know where this is? But I didn't realize it was a character. Um, I just thought it was someone who worked at Disneyland. Yeah. And then her like handler or someone is like, oh, she wouldn't know that, but I think it's this way or something. And I I felt very um, uh, corrected, kind of, you know? Oh my God. Yeah, I felt almost like, Oh, I'm so I'm sorry. And then I didn't I just somehow had lived my life up to this point, not realizing the rules of characters that like, duh, they do not know anything that wouldn't exist in their character world. And now that I'm on TikTok and I like, you know, there's some character, some former character people who talk about all, all all that goes into that. Like now I'm very clear on that. But yeah,
0: yeah I got to Though usually they're. Scolded almost. I, I mean. This skill level of anybody who is uh, what they call quote-unquote friends with yes, a character. Yes, yes, So anyone who is friends with whomever you might have uh, run into, they're usually so sly about it. Like, they're so good. Where if you asked where a bathroom was, they'd be like, oh, I'm not sure where the refresher is, but it might be this way towards yeah. the ship. Like, they're just so good at acting <laughs> that right. usually it might have been... Just because, like, it was a one-off where, like, oh, you were asking something and someone cut in. Yeah. But usually, like, they can really work their way around
1: anything. Yeah. No, she didn't even respond to me. It was just yeah. who, then the one nearby just – I think I was asking, like, where Winnie the Pooh was or something, actually speaking Oh, of,
0: yeah. And yeah. that's – I think they would be, like, that's a creature I don't know from my universe. Right, yeah. There's a weird thing where, um, like, socially, if you work at a park or you're, like, guest-facing, you're not supposed to say no Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to just kind of find a solution or find someone who can help. But in terms of something like that, it could be like too brain draining for the character to figure out how to be like, Winnie the Pooh, interesting. Tell me who that like villain is that someone was just like, I I got you. Right, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't realize it was a character.
0: There's um, there's this one character, Vi, who is just a person in a wig kind of sauntering around yeah it was
1: like someone in a
0: shop that looked like this person was like straightening things up or something oh
1: i don't know it was a very subtle character huh who just looked i I, also we were just kind of desperate and in a rush so
0: i wonder who it was
1: whoever it was they don't know where winnie the pooh is that's what i have to say about that did you know also if you're ever on live television you're not supposed to say uh no or you don't know that's what I, uh, when really? I, yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I learned in my like one half hour of media training before I went on TV <laughs> for Timeout in New York. Um, they said like, yeah, if they ask you a question and you don't know the answer, just say, don't say you don't know, say I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. And I was like, but I'm not ever going to really get back to them on that one. But thankfully it never really came up. But, but, but. you're not
0: holding like a white house press conference. I know. <laughs> wow how are you gonna get back to someone in an interview i know
1: oh my well God. it was like i was going on you know doing like best you know alice frozen from time out new york telling us about events going on in the city so you know if they were to be like and how much does this event cost like you know i'm gonna have to get back to you on that one or so i don't know Oh uh,
0: okay. just so i
1: seem informed or something yeah um Those are the questions, and those were some great questions. No, I have one more. What am I saying? From the other Amy. I cut you off from the second Amy. I'm sorry, second Amy. Second Amy, we are sorry. This one's dark. Um, weird theme park deaths, people dying on rides, rides malfunctioning, choking on fried dough. I don't know, too morbid.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, while That's I the appreciate the energy, I think just to save myself from getting a call, I, oh, I, I yeah. cannot, I cannot uh comply with any answers, but what I will say is that I thought there would be more stories like that when I started this job, and the safety standards are so off the charts at Disney parks oh, that it's like it that stuff just doesn't happen for the most part.
1: That makes me feel good. Yeah. Because it is for that reason.
0: But if you Google around, there are many, many details <laughs> Oh, of older things that have happened. At Disney? um, At theme parks. Yeah.
1: There's that documentary um, that Chris Gethard is in. Oh, Action Park. Yes.
0: Yeah. If you're looking for uh, amusements and death, Action Park is what <laughs> you want. Yes. A very unsafe New Jersey... Spot (laughs) that is intense. (laughs) So,
1: um, Bob Baker Marionette Theater. Yeah, you went to. They had like a big.
0: uh, What was the thing you went to yesterday? Bob Baker Day. So it's like an annual celebration of the theater of its founder, Bob Baker, obviously. Um, And this year was bigger than it's ever been. So it was. It felt kind of like a music festival. Yeah,
1: but what what went on? Tell me about it. Because we we so Elliot had a little stomach bug yesterday morning. Um, Otherwise, I think I would have tried to talk us all into going.
0: Yeah. It was kind of hot and it's outdoors and you have to go downtown. um, So I get it. Traffic was crazy. Um, Sorry to anyone who doesn't live in LA who doesn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was so much fun because they have hourly puppet shows or marionette shows that are done by the theater. But then they also have other people in the, I would say, the larger marionette cinematic universe So you have uh, like different live performers. There's a kid's talent show. They have the puppeteers walking around. And then you have David Arquette playing Bozo the Clown. What? Which is a real thing I experienced with my eyes yesterday. How was that? Intriguing. (laughs) (laughs) It was not the Bozo I grew up with. What was he doing as Bozo? Kind of stomping around. There was was a, it overly interactive? Um, so it was Bozo the Clown and Friends. And there is a secondary new Bozo clown named, I believe her name is Jozo. Oh, God. So Jobo Jozo. I think it's Jozo. Um, and it's the first female Bozo clown, which is great. We love representation in the Clown World. Um, but the show, there was a stage show and it was Bozo the Clown and Friends. And it was maybe 10 people, 11 people, and they kind of stomped around the stage. They kind of like mimicked a performer and then they sang a song.
1: This doesn't sound good.
0: It was, there were no buckets. For me, like the buckets are a really big part. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, that's the most noteworthy part. Otherwise, Bob Baker Marionette Theater is this incredible historic theater in LA. It's a 501c3 nonprofit. They do a bunch of community outreach. They, if you live in the area, like you grew up with it. It's the theater that now like some performers work at who grew up going to this every year. They still play these, they do these live marionette shows all the time that are old music and like the old choreography and it's, very magical and sometimes a puppet sits in your lap and it's truly unlike any feeling you've ever had. Uh, and they had this huge outdoor festival with vendors and music and food and merch and just so much stuff. It was, just, I was there for four or five hours oh my God. So, and I don't have kids. Yeah. It was just me like enjoying the puppets with my dog. It was really, <laughs> nice. it was a really, really great day. I got to go to the next one. Oh my next God. Year. But even like the theater, if anyone's ever in town, I always recommend it. If you want like a dose of history, and something charming that's also kid friendly and extremely whimsical. I highly recommend I gotta it. Check
1: it out. I love them, Carly. It was
0: so nice meeting you in person
1: for I the know, first time. You too. You don't just exist in Zoom. I know. We actually exist in 3D. Yeah. Tony's gonna be so bummed. I know. Well, now it's like another adventure to meet Tony. I know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Next time. Um, let's see. Is there anything? We need to tell everyone. Let's see. That everyone should go listen to Very Amusing. Oh, thank you. They should go thank read your you. cookie story, your <laughs> ASME award winning cookie story.
0: Never um, thought I'd hear it, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Um, I mean, I'm online all the time. Talking about theme parks, uh, you can find me at Carly Wiesel on Twitter and on Instagram. And the Fomaly is at Facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. But if you have any theme park questions, I get a lot of DMs and kind of emails. And I almost never am able to open everything. So if you have questions, you can call my hotline for my Ooh. podcast, which is 747 churros. <sighs> and if you so leave good. me a voicemail, uh, the odds are like 90 to 100 percent I will be able to answer any trip question you have. So if you're like, oh, this person might be able to fix, insert problem, uh, call 747churros and a weird lady will answer it for you. How
1: did you get 747churros? No one was looking for it.
0: <laughs> I think <laughs> it has to be because there's no, like, if it was pizza, I'm sure it would be gone. Yeah. But no one's really, like, hawking a churros business.
1: That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, Listen, you guys, if you like what you're hearing... And even if you don't, please leave me a nice review on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening. Five stars. Um, keep those reviews coming and make sure you're subscribed and listen to my other podcasts, Upworthy Weekly and Childish. And, um, I have a newsletter, alisonrosen.substack.com. And I mentioned my Patreon and, uh, follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. And, um, I feel like that's it, and I'm sure I'm forgetting things. But you guys know how to find me. I'm out there, right? Yeah, you're out there. Have I forgotten? I feel like that's. I feel like we know how to do this stuff. Yeah, if
0: you're like, what is Allison thinking? There's multiple ways to find. Oh
1: my god, my thoughts are everywhere. Yeah, it's
0: nice. It. I love. I I love when you
1: post to Instagram from your computer. Oh my god, it's. I can't believe. I. It makes me angry at all the time I spent just. Tapping mm-hmm. on my phone because I can't even see it anymore. Yep,
0: thank you. Yeah. And because you did it, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. Oh, it's so and much I did. easier. It was great. It's so much easier. So much easier. It's so much easier.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um. Thank you so much. This was. Oh, Jeff said to tell you hi. You're <laughs> so funny, by the way. Um. Thank you. This was. It's so delightful. Yeah. Tell Jeff I say hi. I will. Um, he's going to hear from me tomorrow. But <laughs> listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen.